What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. On September 4th, 2019, Jeremy Renner released a statement on Instagram. This statement and various other quotes throughout this podcast will be read by the actor Ben Esler. Goodbye. The app has jumped the shark. Literally. Due to clever individuals that were able to manipulate ways to impersonate me and others within the app, I have asked Escapex, the company that runs this app, to shut it down immediately and refund anyone who has purchased any stars over the last Why was Jeremy Renner, the super successful movie star, talking about an app? An app? A thing on your phone that you do stuff with? Apps are an integral part of our lives. Could it be possible that Jeremy Renner made an app just about himself? What could a Jeremy Renner app possibly do? And why was he shutting it down? How did it literally jump the shark? What does that even mean? What is this mysterious company, EscapeX? Who were these clever individuals who impersonated Jeremy Renner? What are stars? And how much money was Jeremy Renner charging for them? I'm Caroline Goldfarb. I'm a TV writer and comedian. I'm Sarah Ramos, a filmmaker and actress. Sarah and I are lifelong friends, and our relationship is built on an unshakable foundation. A mutual love of pop culture. I've built an internet empire on spotlighting celebrities doing weird things, like Selma Hayek's selfies with her pet owl and Judi Dench making TikToks. Before I was an actress, I was a fan. The kind of next-level, loyal superfan who once paid to go on a Mary-Kate and Ashley cruise. Together, we consider ourselves amateur investigative journalists who specialize in the world of celebrity. Even though neither of us knew anything about Jeremy Renner, we were fascinated by the Jeremy Renner app. We had to know why. Why did Jeremy Renner release an app? So we set out on a quest for truth, which we'll share with you over the next six episodes. Once we opened Rendora's box, we could not close it. Our investigation took on a life of its own. Passionate Jeremy Renner fans came out of the internet woodwork and tried to torpedo our investigation. Other jilted fans slid into our DMs, peddling dangerous conspiracy theories. We found the clever individuals Jeremy Renner referred to. They were self-described internet trolls who took pride in destroying the app. We learned about EscapeX, the mysterious tech company who based Jeremy's app on a template they mostly used for Bollywood stars. We dove into the history of other celebrity apps, some so bizarre they'd have to be heard to be believed. Perhaps most shocking, we even learned that an app might not be the weirdest thing Jeremy Renner has ever done. Whatever you think you know about the Jeremy Renner app, trust us. You have no idea. This is The Renner Files.
Welcome to episode one. Who is Jeremy Renner? Admittedly, before starting this project, I knew next to nothing about him. I did know he'd been nominated for Academy Awards, but for what movies? Couldn't tell you. As someone who prefers gay camp classics to bro action movies, I'm not his demographic. And everything I know about Jeremy Renner's career revolves around his female co-stars. For example, I know he was in a movie where Elizabeth Olsen plays an FBI agent, and he was in two movies with Amy Adams. In order to understand the app, we knew we had to understand the man. There was only one place to start. Anna Ferris's podcast. For me, it's just, I've always built uh, a life on being fearless yeah. and also just not caring. Whereas my whole life is about being extremely fearful and caring too much. How does one build a life around fearlessness and not caring? We must start in the beginning, back in 1971, when Jeremy Lee Renner was born in Modesto. Modesto is in the heart of California's Central Valley, famous not just for its agricultural industry, but also for having one of the highest crime rates in America. Jeremy's mom worked at a poultry processing plant, and his father managed a local bowling alley, where Jeremy bowled competitively. He stopped bowling and started acting at Modesto Junior College. We were able to unearth a grainy video clip of Jeremy in an original play entitled Sister Gloria's Pentecostal Baby. This was one of Jeremy's earliest acting roles, young man screaming at his mom. Ever since I was a kid, you put a Bible in my hands, made me get up and front everybody and preach. Oh, you made me, mother, you made me. Think about it. You drilled it into me since I could walk before that even. Then I was a special boy that's going to become this great preacher. In 1993, Renner moved to Hollywood, where he quickly found his acting niche playing an affable stoner slacker type. He starred as different versions of this character in a ton of commercials. For Bud Light... Out of my way, I want a Bud Light. I don't think so. 7-Eleven... Oh, you're an angel. And even Kodak, opposite Stanford from Sex and the City. I took a picture of my dad, and the guy at the Photoshop said, Amazing detail on that Kodak Gold 200. If you were a major corporation that needed a burnout stoner slacker type to appeal to young 90s teens, strangely, Jeremy Renner was your dude. It was the 90s. It was a different time. Brecken Meyer and Seth Green were ruling the airwaves. Life was one big Gushers commercial. 90s Jeremy Renner also worked a day job, but instead of being a waiter or yoga teacher or any other typical actor job, he pulled a Renner and did something out of the ordinary. He worked as a makeup artist at a mall Lancome counter. But how did a dude from Modesto know how to do women's makeup? We'll let him tell you. In the theater, we we had to do our own stage makeup. I figured I could tone it down and do it on hot girls all day, but it wasn't the case. It ended up being older ladies, which was just fine. My philosophy on what makeup is, it's very different from what a woman's is. You want a guy's opinion on what looks good versus what you think looks good? That blue eyeshadow up to your eyebrows does not Let me try something else. Renner's strong opinions on women's makeup 
don't end there. He told Ellen DeGeneres about his central makeup theory. Uh, brows, lashes, lips. Frame the face. As unbelievable as it may seem, Jeremy Renner appears to have his own philosophy on women's makeup. I don't even have my own philosophy on women's makeup. So if I follow the Renner makeup theorem and pay attention to my brows, lashes, and lips, will I be beautiful? It's not so simple. As he told Justin Long on Justin Long's podcast, his philosophy on women's makeup isn't skin deep. Beauty is how you feel about yourself, and then it's projected out. Uh-huh. If you feel insecure, you feel empty, or you you don't feel good about yourself, it's just, I don't care what yeah. makeup I put on you, it might look it's beautiful, but you're not beautiful. Did Jeremy Renner just call me ugly? While Jeremy Renner clearly could have become the next Estee Lauder, he kept grinding as an actor, and it paid off. Renner booked a variety of guest roles in the early 2000s, He played a murderous vampire protege on Angel, a burnt-out punk rocker on House M.D., and most importantly, he starred as a hoop-earring-wearing cowboy sheriff in Pink's music video for her hit, Trouble. That kind of powerhouse 2000s resume proves Jeremy Renner has the range of a true journeyman actor. If journeyman actor means wearing a hoop earring in a pink music video, then yes. Renner's breakout came in 2002 when he starred in the indie film Dahmer about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. That's right. Jeremy Renner got famous for playing the monster who made belts out of nipples. I'm a pervert, an exhibitionist, masturbator, and a killer. Dahmer earned Jeremy Renner an Independent Spirit Award nomination. But there's more to the story. Around the time of his breakout role in Dahmer, Renner did something completely bizarre and out of left field. In other words, he rendered it by starring in season two of a Bravo reality show about struggling actors trying to make it in LA called The It Factor Los Angeles. Jeremy Renner had an Independent Spirit Award nomination and a Bravo reality show. He and Lisa Rinna have so much in common. But in all of our exhaustive research, we could barely find any information about this show. We scrolled years back on Jeremy Renner fan Instagram accounts. We traversed the depths of Jeremy Renner fan tumblers. And we read and watched every single Jeremy Renner interview known to man. We learned that season one is readily available to stream, but not season two. Not on Peacock, not in Bravo, not on Hulu, not anywhere. All we could find was one or two blurry screen caps in the deepest, darkest Jeremy Renner fan forums. It almost seems like someone's trying to hide something. Hypothetically speaking, if I were an Academy Award-nominated actor, and I knew humiliating reality TV footage of me existed, I'd hypothetically pay one of those crypto services to wipe it from the face of the earth. No matter how much hypothetical money and effort you might spend trying to bury a show, you could never erase the memories of those who watched it. We found someone brave enough to come forward and share their story. Hi, I'm Seth Rogen, and I watch the it factor nor can you erase the memories of your reality tv co-stars 
My name is Lisa Ray McCoy, and I was one of the cast members on The It Factor. The It Factor Season 2 aired in 2003, so Seth Rogen was not the Seth Rogen we know today. I was an unemployed, struggling actor in Los Angeles, basically. I had been on two canceled TV shows, and say two years into like a steady stream of complete unemployment, and I was into reality television. So when there was a TV show about struggling actors in Los Angeles, that was documenting their 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 trials and tribulations. I was I was in. Out of all the actors on the show, Lisa Ray and Seth Rogen specifically remembered Jeremy Renner. He was different than everyone else on the show. He was much more intense. Like he had a swag about him. He had a white boy swag that was just cool enough for me to go, oh, and he was kind of quiet. He was kind of reserved, I'll say that. And for me, reserve meant he was serious. He came to do business. At first, Lisa Ray was surprised that Renner was cast as Dahmer. When I heard that it was him who got it, at first I was kind of like, really? The cute swagged out guy? But when I tell you once I saw the piece, he transformed. Just how did this swaggy young man transform into Jeffrey Dahmer? Seth Rogen remembered Renner's process was so serious it seemed a bit strange. He was very serious, and there's one specific thing that I always remembered. While he was promoting the Jeffrey Dahmer movie, he talked about masturbating to surgical handbooks to prepare for the role of Jeffrey Dahmer, which I never forgot. (laughs) And and why would I? (laughs) To prepare for the role. Jeremy Renner allegedly masturbated to surgical handbooks and then bragged about it on television. You don't get an indie spirit nom by half-assing it. And according to McCoy, allegedly masturbating to surgical textbooks paid off big time. Once he completed that role in the Jeffrey Dahmer movie, I saw that he had the it factor. So he did it, he accomplished it, he was the it factor. Jeremy Renner had it, but what exactly was it? He just seemed to have a different attitude than everyone else on the show. And I had met actors like that and worked with actors like that. And, you know, this was in the late 90s, right? Early 2000s. So, like, it was a time when these kind of, like, Edward Norton, like, intense... The actors were kind of like having like a resurgence Mm. and like method act, you know, like Daniel D. Lewis. Allegedly jacking it to surgical handbooks made Jeremy Renner seem as legitimate as Daniel Day Lewis. But Daniel Day Lewis would never have an app. What happened? What changed? Not everyone with Daniel Day Lewis talent has Daniel Day Lewis luck. Take the roles Jeremy Renner was choosing between after his star turn in Dahmer. He was weighing roles and no one else was on the show. Like, I think everyone else was like, just struggling to get like a Coke commercial. And he's like, should I do SWAT or should I do the big bounce? That's SWAT, a crime thriller starring LL Cool J and The Big Bounce, a comedic romp starring Sarah Foster. There was a big like debate on his part and he wanted... It was like he was really worried about like the artistic merit of SWAT. I definitely remember him deciding to go with SWAT because it was like this big creative thing. And then I remember watching SWAT and being like, this shit's fucking whack. Was SWAT, as Rogan said, fucking whack? Let's take a listen. 
Is your girlfriend? No. No, she's swat. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know that they made bulletproof bronze. <laughs> it's just me, but, you know, I, I didn't know that. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes may have called SWAT an absolutely forgettable movie-going experience, but they called The Big Bounce boring, unsexy, stylish, sluggish, and physically ugly. So Renner probably made the right decision. SWAT may not have been Jeremy Renner's my left foot, but it allowed Renner to return to the type of role he honed in Sister Gloria's Pentecostal baby, a super macho, loose cannon. Renner went on to play that type of role in the assassination of Jesse James. For the Yankee Nation, I just don't give a damn. I'm glad I fought again her. I only wish we'd won. I ain't asked any pardon for anything I done. And in a movie where Charlize Theron has a mullet, oh, yeah. North Country. Oh, you're having a good time like she was. No rape, that's for damn sure. But his professional turning point came when Catherine Bigelow cast him in a movie I personally have not seen, The Hurt Locker. This box is full of stuff that almost killed me. What about this one? Where's this one from, Will? It's my wedding ring. Like I said, stuff that almost killed me. (laughs) Renner had already had his professional turning point with Dahmer, but this was next level. The Hurt Locker earned Renner an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. And he described the feeling of being nominated in a way only Jeremy Renner could. I I think, did you see the Grammys? You see the thing with pink and spinning around that thing? It might might be something like that. Trying to be composed, but you know she was really dizzy, right? I'll have to ask her how that felt, but I think think it's pretty similar. (laughs) So I felt like pink. That was a clip of Jeremy Renner comparing being nominated for an Oscar to Pink doing acrobatic performance yoga. Move over, Martha and Snoop, because Jeremy Renner and Pink are the ultimate unexpected showbiz friendship. An Academy Award nomination is a huge moment for any actor, but Pink's best friend didn't stop there. He followed it up with a role as a bank robber who wears his sunglasses on his head in Ben Affleck's The Town for which he earned a second Academy Award nomination the following year. They told me Brendan Leahy was coming down here to roll up on you with a Glock 21, so I came over here and I put him in the ground. But that's not all. With two Oscar noms and a close platonic friendship with Pink in his back pocket, Jeremy Renner was set to rocket into the next layer of the Hollywood stratosphere. Does a higher level of success than what he'd already achieved even exist? It's almost unbelievable, but within the next year, Jeremy Lee Renner appeared in not one, not two, but three gigantic action movie franchises. He was in Mission Impossible, oh, we all have our secrets. The Bourne Legacy, and The Avengers. Okay, look, the city's flying, we're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. That's the best luck I've ever heard of. That defies logic and probability. And that's exactly what it means to pull a runner. You expect him to be one thing, and then he goes ahead and does three bigger, more insane things. He's just extra. And only someone as extra as Jeremy Renner could become the first A-list star with a D-list app. We'll be right back. 
I'm Ben Essler. You might know me as the actor who plays Jeremy Renner on The Renner Files. You might think an amateur, unauthorized investigative podcast about the Jeremy Renner app makes itself. But that's not the case. It required hundreds of hours of research, interviews, editing, and watching Jeremy Renner late-night TV interviews. Sarah and Caroline had to renter the Matrix and gave time, money, bodies, and souls to make this passion project a reality. If you're enjoying this podcast and you'd like to support the hard work of its creators, visit therennerfiles.com slash donate. You can choose how much you'd like to donate and make your payment securely. Any amount is appreciated. If Jeremy Renner can transition from Bravo reality star to Oscar-nominated actor, you can do this. Again, that's therennerfiles.com slash donate. What does it mean to be extra? It means doing the most, doing things that aren't necessary, going above and beyond the call of duty to a place literally no one needed you to go. Like how Nick Cannon hosts 500 TV shows, has a line of ties, and was the chief creative officer of Radio Shack. And Jeremy Renner is even extra about being extra. He brings exceptional amounts of extraness to every area of his life. He's extra about makeup. Your average makeup artist might follow their client's lead about what they wanted their face to look like. But Jeremy Renner has a philosophy on women's beauty that he refuses to back down from. Not only that, but Jeremy's also extra about doing his own stunts. He doesn't just do his own stunts. He talks about doing his own stunts in nearly every interview he's ever given. He's the Tom Cruise of talking about doing his own stunts. The stunt aspect of it all is like a, like a professional athlete. So I assume you did all of the stunts yourself? Yes, I was able to do 99% of them. It was like a dance, very technical. And you do all your own stunts, huh? Yeah. Did you need to do that stunt? We spend so much time and money to try to create a world for people to go sit down in the chair and watch a movie. You don't want him to, like, be pulled out of a movie because, you know, he's some guy with a bad wig trying to do the stunt. And that's not all. When Renner did a stunt on the set of the comedy Tag, he broke not one, but both of his arms. When he was doing a stunt that involved leaping off a giant stack of chairs, his arms, to quote his co-star John Hamm, snapped like a matchstick. After the accident, he had to wear green screen casts so they could paint regular arms on him in post-production. There are multiple scenes in the film Tag where Jeremy Renner has two CGI arms. CGI is expensive, so that's extra in more ways than one. And while we're on the topic of CGI, I have to mention that in The Bourne Legacy, Jeremy Renner literally wrestles a CGI wolf with his bare hands. Is this relevant? Wrestling a CGI wolf is always relevant. And even his hyper-masculine hobbies are extra. Renner doesn't just race cars. He participates in something called the Baja 500. What's the Baja 500? And what does it have to do, if anything, with Baja Fresh? It's a 500-mile off-road race where you roll your car all the time. It's so intense, you have to wear kidney belts so your insides don't get slapped around too much. I didn't even 
know there was such a thing as a belt for your kidney. And Renner doesn't just own cars. He owns the coolest, rarest motorcycles and biggest trucks. I have a BMW, a replica Norton Commando, one of just 50 built, an electric-powered Zero, two Triumphs, a Speed Triple, and a new 1200cc Thruxton, a Porsche 914 I've been rebuilding for a decade, a 2012 Tesla... With this amount of vehicles, Jeremy Renner could start his own Elvis-esque Graceland Museum. That's a Jay Leno amount of rare cars. And as if all of that stuff weren't crazy enough... Jeremy Renner spends his downtime like he's in a shark movie starring Blake Lively. That's right. Jeremy Renner swims with mother frickin' sharks. I swam with sharks. I was terrified of sharks, and I'm still terrified of sharks. But at least I was taking action, not being squelched by something I don't know about. Hmm? That's how I feel about this podcast. We are not going to be squelched by something we don't know about, like the Jeremy Renner app. And Jeremy Renner is not just extra but as he told Anna Ferris, fearless. Cause you know what's scarier than swimming with sharks? Saying unnecessary, controversial things to the press in the era of cancel culture. When a Maxim journalist asked him what his favorite curse word was, Jeremy Renner responded like this. I think all of them are equally amazing. Cunt is pretty good. But it wouldn't be extra to only say one gendered slur to the press. He rend it and did it again when he called Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow character a slut during an Avengers press tour. He was responding to a question about Black Widow being romantically linked to various Avengers. Black Widow flirted with Captain America and Baby Groot or something. Oof, girl, you know I don't understand this Avengers stuff. And if you think that's the last vaguely misogynistic comment Jeremy Renner ever gave on record, think back to the Sony email hack, where it was revealed that Jennifer Lawrence made less money than Bradley Cooper and Jeremy Renner in American Hustle. Bradley Cooper, who we all know to be a bilingual feminist king. Were we supposed to know that? If you didn't, you do now. Because Cooper, whose voice here is portrayed by actor Dustin Milligan, responded like a true ally. That's really horrible, actually. It's almost embarrassing. Usually you don't talk about the financial stuff. You have people. But you know what? It's time to start doing that. Cooper committed to personally helping his actress co-stars negotiate by sharing his salary information with them in the future. Jeremy Renner said this. I don't know, contracts and money and all that sort of stuff. Essentially implying that equal pay is too complicated of a concept for him to focus on right now. In his exact words... It's not my job. To be fair, equal pay isn't his job. But it's not Bradley Cooper's job either. While the media may have only focused on Renner's sexist comments, we dug deeper and found that he's also said tons of just weird stuff. In 2007, he made a totally unnecessary remark about his apparent desire to murder a horse. I got stepped on. This jerk of a horse, uh, Hooter, I think his name was. He should be glued by now, that sucker. Stepped on my foot. I didn't do anything wrong. That's not the kind of joke most actors make on camera. In our research, we've also come across multiple instances of Renner using the phrase... Big brass balls. That means confidence. Instead of saying, I have no confidence today, Jeremy Renner might say, I have no big brass balls today. 
And according to his Mission Impossible co-star, Simon Pegg, when Jeremy Renner is playing a supporting role, he doesn't just sit there quietly in the background. He passes the time in the only way he knows how. Jeremy sent me a picture of his middle bits, uh, (laughs) which I received on the set. It wasn't the full arrangement. It was just (laughs) one of the items that comes in a pair. Instead of killing time on set by eating snacks, Jeremy Renner sends Simon Pegg pictures of his testicle. You know what? All of this craziness is actually starting to make sense. He's a provocateur. He's a rabble rouser. It's almost like he's trolling the media. Jeremy Renner isn't a normal Hollywood star. This is a guy who likes dangerous off-road racing. Of course he wants to go off-road during interviews and say crazy things. A guy like that doesn't care about the consequences of his words, no matter how offensive they may be to the horse community. The point is, if we came into this podcast knowing absolutely nothing about Jeremy Renner or why he would ever launch an app, we now hold three major pieces of the puzzle. One, Jeremy Renner doesn't fit in a box. He refuses to be typecast as affable stoner or man yelling at his mom. Two, Jeremy Renner is extra. He doesn't half-ass anything, not even women's makeup, or allegedly jerking off like a serial killer. And three, Jeremy Renner is fearless. He's not afraid of sharks or saying controversial shit in front of a camera for absolutely no reason. And what does an undefinable, fearless, extra man do once he has a dump truck of Hollywood money backed up to his door? This season, on the Renner Files. People get scared. That excites me. That's why I do it. This was and is the worst thing that could have happened to the fandom. The app was a scam. I have proof of irregularities in the app. Renner earned $35,000 each month just for selling smoke. Renner released the first of a threatened many singles, Heaven Don't Have a Name. The Renner Files is written and narrated by Caroline Goldfarb and Sarah Ramos. It was edited by Emu Zhu and mixed by Adrian Lilly. It was produced by Sarah Ramos and Emu Zhu, with original music by Evan Gordon. Thanks to Ben Esler, who played the role of Jeremy Renner, and Dustin Milligan, who played Bradley Cooper. And special thanks to Seth Rogen and Lisa Ray McCoy for speaking with us. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.